coming up on the Rami Lavi podcast. Thursday night football picks, a recap of last week in the NFL, and power rankings. Where do I have all these NFL teams so far? A lot of mediocre teams so far in the league. Where did I rank them? One through 32. I give it all to you next. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. One of the things I talk about on this podcast a lot is the stigma against mental health. I think, unfortunately, there has been a stigma, but we're slowly breaking it. And if you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, overwhelmed, or maybe you just want to talk to someone, today's sponsor, BetterHelp, is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help. Talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapist network that may not be available in your area. You just fill out a questionnaire to help access your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in another 48 hours. Plus, you can exchange unlimited text messages, and everything you share is completely confidential. So I talk about on this podcast how your mindset towards things changes everything. One of the things that I learned in therapy was that join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com Rami. That's my first name. That's betterhelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash R-A-M-I, my first name, Rami. If you use that link, the link is in the description in the podcast notes. If you use that link, you'll get 10% off and it'll also help me out. So please do that. I'm telling you it's worth it. Do it today. Welcome back to the Rami Lavi podcast, episode 166. And it was kind of funny. I was talking to Bilal Powell this morning, and I'm like, hey, this is what happens. This is, you'll get used to this. Maybe he's not used to it yet, but we had a guest scheduled. And then I actually canceled on the backup guest that I scheduled, or actually pushed him off to next week because we had a different guest. And then the first guest bailed. So it's just interesting, a little inside. I told you this podcast is kind of going to stay like that, kind of inside, behind the scenes stuff with what happens in, I guess, what happens in my life, my media career. And so I'll talk about stuff like that, like what's going on behind the scenes with me and Bilal. We talk almost every day on the phone, text, DM on social media. We FaceTime. Today, we sat on the stream for a while till our guest didn't show up. We ended up, it was so funny because he's like, yeah, I think we should record tomorrow. And he's right about this uh, because we had prepared a whole show for a show with the guest. He said, let's just see if he's not going to show up tomorrow, then we'll go from there and we can prepare a show in the meantime a second show without him and then we went on for about 25 minutes just talking about the jets i was like i don't think we need to prepare that much see we just did 25 minutes just the two of us uh without and it was fun it was kind of relaxed and chill and so sometimes i think like we should record that stuff and it should just be you know kind of free-flowing and interesting like that i think that would be cool so you know working out the kinks trying to figure that out because i think that's part of it i think when you have a long form free form podcast also but radio show or there's no constriction there's no time 
constriction or anything like that you can just have conversations like that and it comes naturally we were basically going through the 2011 jet season it was depressing and i hated it but it was kind of cool to go through with the guy who played and you know i mentioned certain games like yeah that was my debut um and we're kind of going through all of it so all, all that stuff is super cool super fun um i love this podcast i love doing it with him and it's gonna be really great and if you guys can go if you're listening to this and you're not yet subscribed to the jets podcast it would help us out if you could go take a minute to subscribe to the jets podcast over there uh on the believe network or wherever you get your podcasts believe has been awesome to work with and uh so it's been super fun and super cool last week i worked for cbs sports network which was cool different than WFAN, although I'll always associate my first week working with CBS Sports Network with the week that Aaron Rodgers got hurt, and I'm still upset about it. I still, like, I can't believe, I went back and watched that video of me saying after the Giants game on Sunday Night Football, like, I can't, with expectations high, I can't handle the Jets failing us and the Jets disappointing us. The thing is, the expectations are no longer high after four snaps. And I'm still disappointed because they were high for so long. And I just, I don't, like, I can't believe we're not getting it. Like, to me, we lost a football season again. Something that's happened countless times in my life where it's just over before it started. It's just ruined right away. And it's so incredibly frustrating. Um, and I, I hope, yeah, I, again, we'll talk more about the Jets on the other podcasts. I, I'm too depressed to talk about the Jets. I hate it. I hate it here. I hate how it's been. But I do want to go through because tomorrow we're going to have, or tonight I'm going to record another episode, which is going to be a preview of week, I guess, three of all the Sunday games. So here's what's going to happen. Right now, it's Thursday at about noon, and I'm recording a quick episode. Again, I didn't watch much of week two's games, obviously. I had the holiday. And so I didn't watch a ton of week two's games, but I want to give my power rankings and I want to give my pick for Thursday night football. So I'll start by recapping the games, just going over my picks from week two, because I hit a lot of my picks I did hit on. Uh, it's Thursday night. I went two and oh, um, and then I've been really good. If only I'd listen to my own picks and follow what I do. So this will be a little bit of a mini episode. We'll just do power rankings and we will give you Thursday night football picks and preview and then tonight after the game I'll record a full episode with all my picks for um for tomorrow's game. Now I could do it in one episode. That's true. I could just combine the two. But the thing about that is if I give you I I want you to have the pick for Thursday night. So I'll give you the Thursday night pick on this episode cuz I already made the pick. I like the pick a lot. Um, it's a couple picks I have here, so we'll get into that in a second. Let's start with recapping, and I'll go in the order in which I picked the games. I picked Green Bay at Atlanta. My pick was Green Bay money line and the over 40 and a half. I hit on the over. I missed on the money line. Um, Atlanta did win the game. They're 2-0. and I'm impressed by the team, although still don't think they're that great. But the over was easy. I told you a lot of the overs were adjusted for um, the week before. Week one being so low scoring. And I liked a lot of overs this week. 
Is it weird that Atlanta's 2-0? Like, to me, they're the worst 2-0 team I've seen in a long time. And we'll get to Atlanta when we talk about the power rankings. I was going through some of this. I'm like, there are some teams that have been impressive to start the season. I don't even think they're that good. So we'll go through that. The next game was Chicago and Tampa. And Chicago is a mess. I took Tampa minus 2.5. And I took the over in this game as well, and I hit both of them. So if you're keeping score at home, I'm 5-1 and one so far on my picks. This week, or week in week two, Chicago. The, the funny thing about Chicago, and we'll get to them also when I do the uh, power rankings, but when talking about Chicago, the big thing that came out this week was obviously Justin Fields. Came out yesterday. Story where he they asked him about, what he's doing out there. He said he needs to get back to playing with his instincts. Stop thinking so much out there, which happens to a lot of young quarterbacks. And they said, well, why are you thinking so much out there? What do you think is happening? And he immediately said coaching. And everyone saw the clip. Everyone saw the video where he essentially is blaming coaching. And then (laughs) they catch up with him in the locker room. And he says, look, I see how you guys spin it. You know, it's not okay. I would always take the the blame myself. I take full responsibility. I take full accountability, blah, blah, blah. The funny part about that to me was in the same sentence that he's saying he takes full accountability for everything. He's blaming the media for something that he blatantly said. He's like, the media twists what I say. I just wish you guys wouldn't put out part quotes. But that's exactly the thing. They didn't put out part quotes. Everyone saw the video. Everyone saw the full thing. And to say in the same sentence, I take full accountability, I don't point fingers, and then in the same sentence also say, but you guys screwed me here and this is your fault, is kind of ironic, kind of funny. And the craziest part of it is that's not the worst thing that happened to the Chicago Bears on Wednesday. Or I guess, yeah, on Wednesday. The worst thing that happened to the Bears on Wednesday was their defensive coordinator got fired for some crazy things that no one knows what's happening with that. They're a mess right now. Their general manager is speaking today, and it's just not good. Not a good situation for the Bears. And it feels like Justin Fields being a bust, which I talked about last year already, is the least of their problems and the least of their worries. Seattle is at Detroit. I talked about that game. I took Seattle plus four and a half. I told you after Thursday night football, after week one, after Detroit won, I said, I will take Seattle. I guarantee Seattle is winning on Sunday in Detroit, the uh, the Detroit Lions home opener. I didn't love the performance from Seattle in week one, but I stood by my pick. I took them plus four and a half. I was like, I'll take the free points. I won't even take them on the money line. Could have taken them on the money line. They win. They improved. So I improve, not they. The six and one. They improved to one and one. But my pick so far, six and one so far on week two, and I was on fire. If only I listened to my own picks. I still don't think either of those teams are great. Where's that high-powered, incredible Detroit offense? Why haven't we seen that yet? Las Vegas is at Buffalo. Was was at Buffalo, and I told you I hate the big number minus eight and a half. I don't love it, and the over/under was forty-seven and a half. But I told you that I thought was Buffalo going to blow them out, and I also told you that I thought Buffalo was going to come close to covering the over on their own. I was right. Buffalo puts up thirty-eight points on their own total. There were forty-eight points scored in the game, so the over did hit. We got lucky with ten points from Las Vegas. I don't think Vegas is that good, and. So I got both of those picks right as well, and I improved to 8-1 and one 
early games had me looking good. It's once we got to the later games that all my picks went to crap. The Chargers at Tennessee. I like Tennessee plus three in this game, plus three and a half. I adjusted it because I wanted to have a field goal kind of leeway, kind of wiggle room. Didn't matter. Tennessee won the game. I also did like an alternate under. The under did not hit. So one and one, I missed by two points. I told you adjusted under at 49 and a half is what I liked, but I parlayed it. So I screwed up, but one and one on my two picks of that game, nine and two so far. And I know I'm not cheating. I gave you both of those picks. I just told you if you parlay them, you could probably make good money. Unfortunately, I did parlay them. And so I lost all my money. Baltimore was at Cincinnati. I took Cincinnati minus three and Cincinnati lost to Baltimore. Is Baltimore becoming a problem? Cincinnati gets a late touchdown. Ryan Russillo now calls it the Kirk Cousins touchdown, where after you're up big or you're down two scores with under five minutes to go, something like that. I think that's the rule. Down two scores, under five to go, and you score a touchdown um, or down 14 points, whatever. So that is the Kirk Cousins touchdown, according to Ryan Rosillo. I agree with him. I get it because Kirk Cousins, he had a Kirk Cousins touchdown last week on Thursday Night Football. And Cincinnati, is there a problem there? And I think the problem is this, and you never want to speculate about this. And I have them pretty high in my power ranking still because this is a team that was a Super Bowl contender last year, went to the AFC Championship game, and Patrick Mahomes, if not for his magic and maybe a late call out of bounds and a couple of iffy penalties, Cincinnati wins that game. Although I was rooting for Cincinnati, for Kansas City in that game, I had money on Kansas City. But Cincinnati had a real shot to win that game. Here's the thing. There's a problem with Cincinnati. And it goes beyond just their team. I have them pretty high because Joe Burrow missed camp. Obviously, Jamar Chase is still coming back. There's still things that can get better about this team, and I don't expect this team to get worse. But Joe Burrow re-aggravating a calf strain, a guy who has a history of injuries, and he re-aggravates a calf strain, this is not a knock on Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow is one of the best young quarterbacks in the league, one of the best quarterbacks, period, in the league. And I think he's a winner, and I, I... raved about how right they were to give him that contract that Cincinnati you got it right I said you're lucky Cincinnati congratulations Cincinnati but if there's a franchise that if it's that's out of their control kind of like the Jets kind of like the Browns where they could do everything right and it still ends up so wrong it would be the Cincinnati Bengals what do I mean by that multiple calf strains and trying to rush back from it I know he's only 25 or 26 years old for Joe Burrow on the same calf, that's ultimately what led to Aaron Rodgers rupturing his Achilles, a lot of people think. So, by the way, that doctor, I know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I said what I said about him, but I hate the victory lap that he was taking on social media, and then he did it all again when Chubb got hurt. I'm sorry to say, it appears to say, and he's posting the videos over and over again for clout. This was a guy who the article came out afterwards, awful announcing, and awful announcing, come on. You've used me in your articles before without mentioning me by name. The least you can do is you can use the picture of Dr. Chow on my show and not use the picture of him on Doc on Pat McAfee's show. What? Is Pat McAfee a bigger name? What's the difference? Anyway, so as I was saying, there could be, well, first of all, the doctor, just stop, stop. Stop with the pictures, stop with the posting, stop with getting all excited every time someone gets hurt. Like, the look on Chubb's face was devastating. I don't care about fantasy. I don't care about any of that stuff. It was just awful to see a guy that happen and to see his face as, 
my father said it looked like he threw up for a second when he first went down like and then he he didn't even look he wasn't crying he looks like mentally tough he's so tough obviously he just looks so devastated and so demoralized and there's the fact that there's somebody going out there posting and getting clout on that i know everyone's gonna do what they have to do but it just doesn't sit right with me and this guy apparently the awful announcing article was that he was disbarred and fired from the from the la chargers he told he told me he just didn't want to leave san diego when they left and i said i couldn't blame him well apparently he was fired because he was had given four prescriptions i think oh sorry 14 prescriptions uh, of I think it was I forget what Ambien or something to Junior Seau before he died of a drug overdose. So in the 18 months, in those 18 months, probably gave him 14 different prescriptions for uh, Ambien. So yeah, I'm pretty sure that that guy's not a great dude. But again, appreciate him coming on the show. He seemed really nice on the show and all that stuff. So whatever. Um, again. I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to speculate. But I think Joe Burrow is better off being really careful this year with that Achilles and with that calf and not trying to push it, even if that means sitting out a couple of games. I said that these games were going to be important early in the season. I said because of how tough the AFC is, you don't want to get behind early. This feels like this could be a year from hell for Cincinnati. They're 0-2 already. Feels like they can't dig themselves in much of a deeper hole. And I don't see a way for them to get out of it unless Joe Burrow becomes Superman, which he can do, but that's reliant on his health. They lose. I lose my pick nine and three so far on the week. Not great for either of us. Worse for Cincinnati. There's concern there. Indianapolis is at Houston. This was the easiest bet I've ever made in my life. I should have put a hundred dollars on this. I didn't. I put like a few bucks on it. It was Indianapolis money line. I got plus money, plus 108 for Indianapolis money line. This is the easiest bet I've ever made. And when I told my friend about it on Sunday, he's like, why didn't you tell me before? He's like, why didn't you tell me? It was crazy to me that Indianapolis wasn't favored in this game. Houston was minus one and a half. It was crazy that I was able to get plus money on Indianapolis money line. I, like I said, I should have put a hundred bucks on it. I, I don't know what I was thinking, but I should have put a thousand dollars on it. Because I've never made an easier bet. And even with Anthony Richardson going out, I have Houston as the worst team in the league. So Gardner Minshew comes in. I'd take him on the Jets right now. I, I would. I think we're a couple of weeks away from seeing the Jets go out and make a move for a quarterback. And we'll talk about that with Bilal tomorrow. It was one of the things I talked about with him today where it's over. It's desperation time. If you're Joe Douglas, if you're Robert Sala, you're looking at your job on the line. You don't have another year. You thought you'd have Rodgers this year. You thought you'd buy yourself some time. Nope. You don't have Rodgers. You're not buying yourself some time. So they have to go out and make a move. They're not going to watch their season circle the drain with Zach Wilson at quarterback. And I wouldn't either. And so whether it's a guy like Gardner Minshew or they ultimately go out and get Kirk Cousins or someone, someone. Talk about the Rams in a second. Their quarterback looks good. I think... The way the Jets see it is probably, we'll worry about later later. We don't care that he has three more years on his contract. We'll worry about that when the time comes. Right now, we have to get someone in here to salvage our season. If it's Matthew Stafford, they'll take him. He's a tough son of a bitch. He'll stand back there. He'll take the hits. He'll know what to do with the ball. I'm sure he'll look great in that offense. Either way, Indianapolis, they won. 
Kansas City was at Jacksonville. I took Kansas City minus two and a half. I adjusted it to minus two and a half. I also tried to adjust the under, the over under to 47 and a half. I didn't take, I should have just taken the under 51 and a half. But instead, I adjusted it by four points in that miss. So I win one, I lose one. So overall, 11 and four on the week, but minus two and a half, that was perfect to adjust it to that. Um, so Kansas City minus two and a half, they beat Jacksonville in a game where Kansas City's offense still doesn't look fully back. They don't score much, but uh, their defense looks really good. And that's something that's really impressive. And we'll talk about this also when we talk about the power rankings, how if this defense can be this good, and I trust that the offense will come around because it's Patrick Mahomes and it's Travis Kelsey and it's Andy Reid. If this defense can be this good and carry them, watch out because they could be even better than last year. And they were the Super Bowl champs last year. San Francisco at LA. I mentioned Matthew Stafford. I told you to take San Francisco money line. I told you it was a stay away. The number was exactly seven. Ultimately, the Rams cut it on a late touchdown to get to actual seven. So it would have been a push either way. Probably could have gone minus six and a half. Yeah, I could have. I told you not to bet it. San Francisco, I had no read on it. I got the money line. Easy bet. Minus 310. San Francisco wins. I improved to 12-4. and four. San Francisco is one of the best teams in the league. We'll talk about that in a minute. The Giants at Arizona. I told you to take the Giants minus 2.5. So that hit. And I told you to parlay it with the over 34.5. That over hit with ease. The parlay together was plus 111. I hit both. Improved to 14 and 4 with those two picks hitting. All right, so 14 and 4 so far uh, on my picks. Like I said, I did pretty, pretty well. The later 425 games were Dallas and the Jets. I thought Dallas would, co- or I thought the Jets would cover. I thought it would be under 45 and a half. I hit the under. Only 40 points were scored in the game, but obviously the Jets got killed. So I missed that one. So now 15 and 5. And then Washington and Denver. I thought Denver wasn't going to be the biggest piece of shit franchise in the history of piece of shit franchises. They were. They lose. And they couldn't cover, obviously, because they lost. They were favored by minus three and a half in pathetic fashion. So I go to 15 and six on the week so far. And uh, yeah, pretty bad for Denver. They're a pretty bad team. We'll talk about that a little bit later. The night game, Sunday night football, was Miami and New England. I had Miami money line, and I had the over hitting as well. The over did not hit, but the money line did hit. And we'll talk plenty about the Patriots. On in-flight snack as we move forward uh, into next week with Bilal Powell and hopefully a guest. Hopefully he shows up. So... Miami beats New England. New England doesn't look particularly good, although they made it interesting at the end. Miami wins on the money line, but I told you I'd liked the over. The over did not hit, so I go to 16-7 and seven on the week. Monday night football, New Orleans at Carolina. Carolina was plus three. I liked New Orleans minus three. New Orleans won by exactly three, so I like that. Uh, yep. And then I like the under 40 as well. Uh, And so that did go under 40. It was 37. So I win 
both of those and I improve to 18 and 7 on the week. And then finally, Cleveland at Pittsburgh. I had Cleveland minus 2.5. I missed that one. Just an odd game. And I just feel awful for Cleveland. I don't feel bad for Deshaun Watson, but I feel terrible for Cleveland fans and for Nick Chubb. He doesn't deserve that. So I missed that one. Total on the week. So on the week, I went... 18 and 8, which for the season through two weeks gives me a record of 31. 31, if you're keeping score at home, or 32 rather, 32 and 14. 32 and 14 on the season, 18 and 8 on the week. Week one was pretty good too. I think it was 14 and 6. So do the math together. That should come out correct for you at home. I'm trying to do the math in my head as we speak. Yeah, that, that makes sense. 18 and 8 this week, 14 and 6 last week. If only I listened to my own gambling advice. Unfortunately, I don't. So instead, I will give you advice for Thursday night football. But before we give you week three Thursday night football picks, and I really like the picks for tonight, I'm going to give you my power rankings for every team in the NFL. So all that and more coming up. Stay tuned right after this. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Coming back, let's start from the bottom of the barrel. The worst of the worst. And I, the only reason, and I'll, let me, you know what? I'm going to take a break. Quickly gather myself. Pause. All right, not actually a break. We're not going back to more commercials. Sometimes the commercials play, sometimes they don't. So when you hear me say, oh, I'm going to take a break, and sometimes you just hear a swoosh and I come right back, it's because the commercials that I inserted just didn't play on your platform. I don't know what the reason for that is. Some, I, I don't know. I don't know how... Some of these apps work and whatever. You're served certain ads. I guess sometimes you're not served the ads. Not really sure. That's also why when you see how I write the um, the timestamps on the episode, a lot of times you'll see that, hey, maybe the timestamps don't seem correct. They seem off. They seem off by a couple of minutes. That's if the commercials were inserted or not. It all depends on that. So a little inside baseball there. Uh, but here's my categories. We're going to go with categories for the tiers of the NFL teams. A lot of... Similar categories to last season, but we've added some new ones. So Super Bowl contenders, of course, top of the barrel. The teams that can win the Super Bowl, who I think can win the Super Bowl as of now going into week three, who have a legitimate chance to win it all. Next are the contenders. These are teams that are going to be playoff contenders and have a chance to make some noise if they get in, but they're not quite the top tier teams in the league. Following that are the pretenders. Pretenders might make the playoffs. This is not to say that they won't make the playoffs, but... They're not quite there as the contenders who are probably almost for sure going to make the playoffs and then can actually potentially contend for a Super Bowl once in. This is a new category, and it has most of the teams so far, and because it's just after two weeks, it makes sense. Good, bad teams. These are teams that are playing decently, but they're bad teams, essentially. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine teams in this category. So a lot of teams in this category of good, bad teams in the NFL so far. Then I have just plain bad teams. Then 
and this is a fun category. Worst coach in the league. It's, that's a category of one team. I bet you can guess who it is. There's another team that has, in this category, another one-team category called Bad Coach Plus Rookie QB. Can't wait to tell you who that is. Then there's the Dumpster Fire, which is one team also. And then there's the one team that just I titled it Pedo. And that's the category they're in. And then the last team is my pick for the worst team in the league prior to the season. And so far, they haven't done anything to prove that they're not. So I'm keeping them in that so that I can be right. So those last few categories at the end, one, two, three, four, five, six categories at the end kind of get a little murky. But let's go through it. Let's start at 32. We'll start at the bottom. So I think the worst team in the league, number 32, my power rankings right now is the Houston Texans. They were pretty bad. Again, this week, they got their shit kicked in by Buffalo. And I don't want to curse on this podcast. And so I try and bleep it out. But what happens is I have to write down the times that I cursed. And then I kind of start making myself laugh because I'm like, well, I'm just going to have to bleep out the entire episode. That's what happened last episode when I was ranting I knew I was going to miss one I ended up missing one but I'm ranting about Aaron Rodgers and I'm swearing and then I keep writing it down then I was laughing at myself that I kept swearing and kept having to write it down so I could do this over again and just delete that or I can go back and try and find it afterwards and maybe I will maybe I won't so if you heard the curse I apologize I'm not putting a little e next to the podcast I don't swear on this on this podcast I should be pretty good at that considering the fact that I work in radio where I'm not allowed to swear so should be pretty simple for me I don't understand why I can't figure it out yet Anyway, Houston, I want to be right. They haven't done anything really good. They've been really bad. And I picked them to be the worst team in the league. I have money on them to lose the most games this year. So Houston, I have you as the worst team in the league at number 32 so far in my power rankings. Number 31, and they've been the dumpster fire. We talked about them already. We talked about everything going on with their team behind the scenes. It seems like a real mess. Seems like a bigger mess. This is the pedo category. And if you can't figure that out, go on Twitter. Do some Google, Google searching. That's the Chicago Bears. Seems like there's problems in the locker room. Seems like there's problems on the field. Their most positive thing that they did today was that they re-signed Nathan Peterman. So back to their 53-man roster after cutting him. That was the most positive thing that happened for the Bears franchise this week. So that's not very good. If Nathan Peterman, the interception king, is being re-signed, that's the most positive thing that happened to you? That's not great. Number 30, I have the Arizona Cardinals. Here's the thing about the Cardinals. This is the dumpster fire category. They're tanking. They're not trying to win. They're going to try and flip Kyler Murray. I don't know what they'll get for him with that contract, but they want to go for Caleb Williams. They want to go for Drake May. And so they're tanking right now. Think about it. They go for Josh Rosen. Then they tank again. They get Kyler Murray, have to get rid of Josh Rosen. And then now they're going for another top quarterback in Caleb Williams or Drake May. Hopefully for their sake, they get him. But they're going to ruin my pick of Houston to be the worst team in the league because they were up 20 nothing and they should have won that game. And this is why I don't think the Giants are that great because the Giants didn't win that game as much as Arizona just totally blew that game. Arizona decided that we want to lose this game. We're tanking. We don't want to win. Shoot, we might win. All right, let's quickly tank the rest of this game. The Giants, I have them a little higher up because I thought Daniel Jones, it was still impressive, but now they don't have Saquon Barkley for a couple of weeks. And by the way, shut up, Brian Dable. He could be back. He heals quickly. He could be back this week. That cost me a waiver wire claim. I know nobody cares about my fantasy team, but in case you're wondering, I have Saquon Barkley in one of my leagues. Two of my leagues, actually. The league that I... Uh, I haven't looked at the roster since I drafted it, but the league that I drafted on this podcast, and I apologize to anyone who joined that public ESPN league and thought it was going to be super competitive with me looking at my roster all the time. I'm not. I apologize. My bad. But uh, for anyone... I, I 
have Saquon Barkley on that team also. And he, I could have picked someone up if you would have allowed me to put Saquon. He improved, actually, from doubtful to questionable. So I couldn't put him on my IR. And then, obviously, what happens was he doesn't play. He's out. So he gets determined out the next day, which was obvious. He was never going to play. He's probably going to miss multiple weeks. Hopefully, he'll be back soon. Any hoops. So back to the Cardinals. Again, they blew that game. They're tanking. So the Cardinals right now are number 30 in my power rankings. Number 29, a coach who for some reason keeps getting chances. I get why people like him. He seems like a good dude, but he's not a very good football coach. Is Frank Reich, and they have a running court, uh, a rookie quarterback. So this is why they're in the category of bad coach plus rookie quarterback. The Carolina Panthers at number 29, and now their rookie quarterback might even be hurt. I wouldn't be shocked if they look better without him. I think it's Andy Dalton starting this week. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they look better without a rookie this year and Bryce Young uh, or this week if he indeed does not play number 28 i have the broncos is the category called worst coach in the league you all know how i feel about sean payton who thinks he's so great and he thinks he's gonna fix everything well guess what he blamed nathaniel hackett for not getting the plays in time i love that he blamed nathaniel hackett for not getting the plays to russ in time guess what they did a thousand times they couldn't get the plays in time into russell wilson Great job, Coach Payton. Congrats. At least you went for an onside kick on the first play of the season. Congrats, buddy. I'm so happy for you. They're number 28 on my list. They're 0-2. Suck it. And they blew a game to Washington. Washington. Yeah, that's right. Washington. I'll say it again. They blew a game to the Washington Commanders. Hope you heard that, Sean Payton. Everyone else, I apologize how bad that sound sounded. Adjust your speakers. I apologize. Again, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but they're bad, and they have the worst coach in the league. Number 27, and these are the category of bad teams. I have three teams in this category. Number 27, I have the New England Patriots. The Patriots are bad. I still think the Jets will lose to them, but that's because that's the right of passage. That's tradition. I'm sorry. I'm not giving brownie points to Bill Belichick. This team is not a Belichickian coach team anymore. They make mistakes that they shouldn't be making. The game against Philly... They beat Philly in every statistical category, and they still lost that game. And it didn't feel like it was close, especially when they were down 16-0. New England is not a particularly good football team. They don't really have so many skill position players. Their quarterback is not great. And the defense, if they're not taking the ball away and scoring the way they did last year, they're not going to be all that impressive either. And head coaching can't make up for all of that. I have New England at 27. Number 26, I have Indianapolis. Anthony Richardson is exciting, and they have the best backup in the league, it seems like. Not bad. And, by the way, your head coach is not Jeff Saturday. You get a boost from that. Your head coach is not Frank Reich. You get a boost from that. And beyond that, Jonathan Taylor might come back. He might be like, hey, this team's not bad. Maybe I should play for them. And you play in the worst division of football? Not a bad combo. I have them at 26. Number 25, another bad team that could have been in the bad coach category, is Josh McDaniels and the Las Vegas Raiders. They're pretty bad. Not going to lie. And I'm not a huge fan of their quarterback. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is that great. I think he was really great in the system. For the San Francisco 49ers, he was a winner, but this team is a wreck. They don't have a lot of good talent around him, although they do have the best, one of the best wide receivers in the league. I have them at 25. Number 24 is a team that's 0-2 that kind of could be better than 0-2. They look better, but they're not very good. A lot of garbage time points. That, of course, is the Minnesota Vikings. I hope 
They continue to plummet, and they trade Kirk Cousins to my Jets. Number 23, I have the New York Giants. Crazy. Two teams that played each other in the playoffs last year in the NFC. I have a tw- one of them was a 13-win team, and the other one actually beat them in the playoffs. I have them at 23 and 24. The Giants seem to have taken a step back on offensive line, on coaching, on skill. There's something going on with the Giants. I don't know what it is. But everything, we always thought the coaching was going to make up for everything last year. It doesn't feel that way anymore. And like I said, their win was impressive against Arizona, but it felt like Arizona was tanking that game. And I'm impressed by Daniel Jones. I don't think they have a chance. I'll give you a hint. I don't think they have a chance tonight against San Francisco without Saquon Barkley. Not even a chance. Put the house on San Francisco Moneyline. You won't get any return for it. It's not a good bet. It's not worth it. But... San Francisco is not losing tonight. I can guarantee that. The Giants are not beating the San Francisco 49ers. You hear me? Pittsburgh is number 22. Pittsburgh looks so bad. They look poorly coached. Did you see a guy toe tap a punt that was going to go out of bounds? Not a punt, a kick return, a kickoff that was going to go out of bounds. You start at the 40-yard line. And he made sure, get his, he checked his feet, get your feet in bounds, and toe tap, sideline grab it. If not for a couple incredible plays by George Pickens, they don't win that game. And the two gifts by the Browns defense or by the Browns offense. They look poorly coached and Kenny Pickett looks really bad. And they refuse to put Jalen Warren in the game. They're just going to keep going with Najee Harris over and over and over again. And watch him get maybe a yard per carry. It's not working. My father said he like broke three tackles and ran around and cut and juke three times just to get four yards on one play. My father's like, no one's ever made look four yards get look harder. Getting four yards look harder. It's true. Pittsburgh's really bad. I have them at 22. Number 21, I have the Chargers. Brandon Staley, he's not making it through the season. There's no way. I have him as first coach fired. I think that's going to hit. There's no way he makes it through the season. And they do have a really good quarterback. I still believe in Justin Herbert, but it's time we start talking about Justin Herbert the way we talk about guys who play for the Jets and other bad franchises. A talented guy who's being failed by a coaching system. Can you imagine what he'd look like? Probably a lot better if he had a real coach. And I don't think he does. I think he's being failed right now by the Chargers organization. Number 20, I have Seattle. They win. Big win. Congrats. Geno looked more like Geno Love last year. It's the Lions. I'm not super impressed, but... Have them at 20. They're one and one. Number 19, I have Cleveland after an impressive win in week one. It looked like they should have definitely won in week two. They lose Nick Chubb. They're still a really good defense. Their defense is really good. And Deshaun Watson at times looked like Deshaun Watson of old. He's one of the best quarterbacks when he's doing it right. But unfortunately, he's not usually. And so I have them at 19. Number 18, I have Detroit. I told you I don't love them. I do like Jared Goff, but we're waiting for this offense to come alive. What if Jared Goff just turns back into Jared Goff? And he's not the guy he was last year. This offense should be great. That's what they're relying on. We know this defense is going to be okay. Not great, though. Aiden Hutchinson, solid. Not great, though. There's nothing great about this team right now other than Jameer Gibbs. And they lose to Seattle after a fluky win on Thursday Night Football that they were celebrating like they won the damn Super Bowl. Detroit, look out. I don't know if this is going to be a great. This is going to be a very seesaw year, if I had to guess, for the Detroit Lions. Still can make the playoffs. I have them at 18. Number 17, I have Tennessee. They're going to play hard. They have the best running back in the league, most reliable running back in the league. Tannehill's a game manager. Not good, but he's a game manager. And they have an incredible head coach. 
who's going to push them and continue to play hard. They have a certain brand of football that you recognize. It's kind of ugly, but you recognize that brand of football. I don't think there's a ton of talent here, but I think Vrabel actually rallies these guys and is good X's and O's guy too. So I have Tennessee at 17. Number 16 is the Jets. By the way, these are all the good bad teams. Uh, the Giants, the Jets, Minnesota, Pittsburgh, the Chargers, Seattle, Cleveland, Detroit, Tennessee. These are teams that could theoretically be good, but they're bad teams that sometimes play good. The Jets are a good bad team. What happened to their defensive front? That was supposed to be such a strength. What happened? Dak Prescott sat there all day and was actually laughing. The mic'd up where he's just laughing about, haha, I have all day to throw. Like, what is that? You should take that personally. Like, him standing there saying, I have all day to throw. I'm writing it down because I want to remember for tomorrow. Dak saying I have all day to throw is such a slap in the face to the Jets, to the front seven, to everyone you thought you were tough, you thought you were big, tough, bad defense. You are not. You are not. This offensive line without Rodgers is going to be an issue. At least Rodgers can find ways to make up for it. If they don't get a quarterback, they'll plummet to the tw late 20s. You thought this defense, you thought the special teams, you thought their wide receivers and their running backs was going to keep them afloat, keep them middle of the pack where they are right now at 16. That's going to run out real quick. Next are the pretenders. I have one, two, three, four, five teams in the pretenders category. The bottom of the pretenders at number 15 is Green Bay. They did it again, it seems like, but I still want to give Jordan Love some time. I know he looks really impressive on all the TikToks and all the replays and all that stuff. Cool. Let's see. Let's see where this goes. He's still a rookie quarterback. They're one and one. He's not a rookie, but you get what I'm saying. He's still a quarterback making his first year as a starter. They're one and one. For a guy who complains so much about their roster and Aaron Rodgers, maybe he was wrong because his roster looks pretty good around Jordan Love. Number 14 is Washington. You have to put them kind of there because they're 2-0, but I'm not impressed with them at all. I didn't think they were going to win against Denver, and that Denver is the worst coach team in the league. Sam Howell's fun. I don't think he's good. It seems like he discovered that Terry McLaurin's on the team. I appreciate that. Thank you, Sam. Number 13, I have Tampa. There's no reason to think that Tampa with still has a pretty good roster and could still be pretty good. I know it's Baker Mayfield, and it's kind of hard to think that Baker Mayfield is going to keep this up. But maybe? Tough? Or not tough, but weak, AFC, weak NFC, weak division? Although that division, that's supposed to be the weakest division in football, has three 2-0 teams. As we move on, we have LA. I have them at 12, and then we'll get to the other team from that division in a second. A couple other teams. I have LA at 12 because, simply, this is a team that won a Super Bowl two years ago. And I know they looked awful last year. They had the year from hell. They just traded Cam Akers because they like so their backup running back so much. Maybe they're selling pieces off. Maybe they're trading for the future. I don't know. But even against San Francisco, this offense looked really good. And Matthew Stafford looks really, really good. I think San Francisco can come out angry against the Giants tonight and want to shut them out because of how bad their defense looked against Matthew Stafford. So I have LA at 12. Number 11, I have Atlanta. 2-0 in that division. Don't love the quarterback. Don't love that they don't use the skill position, guys. But those two running backs, that two-headed monster, Algier wasn't as good this week, but two-headed monster, especially with B. John Robinson. Maybe this team could be really good also. They could beat up on a bunch of teams in their division, but there's three 2-0, 6-0 between those three teams in the division. We'll get to another one in a second. Number 10, and these this category is called the contenders. Number 10 is Cincinnati. Don't let the bad start make you think differently about this team. It does make you think differently about this team, obviously. But I still think there's a chance that this team 
turns it around, but it really relies on health and Joe Burrow. Maybe sitting out a couple of weeks is the best option, especially with how the AFC has shaken out so far, where a lot of teams have a loss or two losses even. Maybe you actually take advantage of this time, sit him out for two weeks, get him back fully healthy with Jamar Chase, and you go from there. Even if that means that at that point, you're one and three, hopefully you're not, but maybe, I don't know, that might be the best option. They started slow last year too, though, so I wouldn't be too, too nervous yet. The only thing I'm nervous about is the injury. Number nine, I have New Orleans. The reason why they're the contenders and Atlanta's in the pretenders, I like New Orleans a little better. I picked them to win the division earlier, so I think they're still the better team. Derek Carr, they kind of still use Taysom Hill, which is cool. I don't know. Michael Thomas looks like Michael Thomas a little bit again. Olave is fantastic, and they're still going to get Alvin Kamara back or whatever's left of him, some version of Alvin Kamara back, so I have them at number nine. They're 2-0. and It's hard to deny it right now. Number eight is Buffalo. After a terrible week one, they look great in week two. The reason they're this low on the list at number eight is because Josh Allen is so turnover prone. And I still think it's going to be tough to win games if he's going to be taking risks, taking chances and turning the ball over like that. But I have them at eight. I still have them as contenders. And obviously, if they get in, they can be a Super Bowl contender. And the last team in the contenders category is Jacksonville. They're number seven. Jacksonville, I have just slightly ahead of Buffalo because I like them a lot going into the year. I thought they had a chance to be the one seed. Their offense totally stalled against the Chiefs defense. But if the Chiefs defense, this is what I talked about. I have the Chiefs at six. This is the Super Bowl contenders. Mahomes is going to figure out. Andy Reid is going to figure it out. Travis Kelsey is going to figure it out. If they can figure all that out and still this defense is going to be this good, as good as they were in the first two weeks of the season, look out, everyone, because Kansas City just got better than they already were. And that was Super Bowl champions. Number five, I have Baltimore. Wasn't so impressed with Baltimore's week one win. Was way more impressed with Baltimore's week two win. Just said Baltimore. I was like, like such a Baltimore person. Just didn't pronounce anything. That's how they, that's how they say it. Baltimore. Uh, Lamar Jackson is an MVP candidate when he's healthy. If he can stay healthy. As good of a wide receiving core and receiving core in general he's had in his life. I know the injury to the running back, J.K. Dobbins, hurts. Maybe they trade for Jonathan Taylor if Don, Jonathan Taylor still wants to trade. We'll see what happens there, but the defense is good, especially with Roquan. The defense looks really good. Marcus Peters coming, or not Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey coming back still. I like this Baltimore team. I like what I've seen so far. I have them at number five. I love their head coach, by the way. Number four is Philadelphia. Philadelphia, don't forget, they went to the Super Bowl last year. Still hasn't looked crisp yet for them, but I told you I like how in control. Well, Thursday Night Football is never going to look crisp. Let's see how they look on, what, 10 days of rest. They're going to look really good this week, I think. I have them at number four. Number three is Miami. And what I was going to say before was that Jalen Hurts looks so in control of these games. Miami is at number three. Their offense is unstoppable if Tua is healthy. And even if he's not, you think Mike White can't find Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle? It's Tyreek Hill is insane. Their offense is Tyreek Hill. And I don't I think Tua's played really well, don't get me wrong. But I do think Mike White could be doing the exact same thing right now because Ty, that's just how special Tyreek Hill is. That's not a knock on Tua. That's not saying Mike White's great. I just think that's how incredible Tyreek Hill has been. Number two is the Dallas Cowboys. They've outscored their opponents from New York 70 to 10 over the first week. And maybe it's just two bad New York teams. I don't know. Very likely. But this defense is the fastest defense I've seen. And Dak Prescott's not taking any chances because why should he? They trust the defense. They're going to win games with their defense, and their offense is going to do just enough. And Dak Prescott's more than a game manager. But if you're asking him to be a game manager and once in a while make a big play for you, 
that's the best case scenario for him. Tony Pollard's a real number one running back. C.D. Lamb's a really good wide receiver. This team's going to be really good. They're number two. And number one, my number one team in the NFL, I think they're going all the way to the Super Bowl, is the San Francisco 49ers. The defense is special. They have the most talented guys all over the place on offense. And then their quarterback is just good enough. Their quarterback is not as good as Dak Prescott, but he's not going to make any mistakes that Dak might make because he's never going to take any chances. And why should he? He'll never have to. They have a really good head coach, and I think they're going to blow out the Giants tonight. So we'll give you the pick. It's not straight up. I'll give you some picks for tonight's game. All that coming up in a second. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Coming up tonight is Thursday Night Football. As always, I'm excited. Thursday Night Football between, we have, the New York Giants. And the Giants are traveling to San Francisco. Not to face the San Francisco Giants, although maybe when they're in town, they'll get together for a bite to eat. I think. Maybe when the San Francisco Giants. Because if you think about it, the San Francisco Giants used to be the New York Giants in baseball. So maybe when the Giants, the New York football Giants, go to visit the San Francisco 49ers, maybe they'll go out for dinner or something with the San Francisco Giants. You ever think about that? If you don't get the reference yet, I'm sorry. You're not going to get it. It's funny to me. It might not be funny to others. All right. The Niners are favored by minus 10.5 on the money line. They're minus 650, as to be expected. The over-under in the game is 43.5. So here's what I have from my bet. I don't love big numbers, especially on Thursday night, where I don't think a ton of points are going to be scored. find that difficult for because think about it. It's 43.5. If you have them winning by 11 points, which is what they'd have to do to win, to cover then what you have the Giants putting up zero points well pretty close to it the over under actually went up it used to be 44 here's what I have I have the Giants alternate or the Giants points total at under 16 and a half that gets you minus 104 odds and I have the Niners minus 10 and a half I don't want to touch the over under in the game because that limits how much you but if the Giants basically you think the Giants are going to score 16 points max And do you think the Niners can score 26 points in this game? I think so. 27, I guess. So take the Niners minus 10.5, or you could adjust it to minus 6.5. If you want to parlay them, you could adjust it. But if you adjust it to minus 6.5 and you take the Giants under 16.5, I don't know what that parlay is, but you'll probably get plus odds. There's no Saquon. I thought Arizona was tanking, and that's the only reason the Giants were able to come back. The Giants might be bad. I don't love the Giants' defense. They're missing an offensive lineman. It's Thursday night football, so there's not going to be a ton of points. There's never a ton of points in Thursday night football. The last week there was. I like the Niners to run all over them, to look fast, to look sharp in this game. I'm taking the Niners minus 10.5. Yeah, it's a huge number, and the Giants under 16.5 points. Those are my two picks for Thursday night football tonight. 
We'll talk to you after the game. We'll recap the game, everything that happened, and we'll preview Sunday's games and pick all of them until then, until next time, which is then. And obviously tomorrow morning, you also will have in-flight snack and preview the Jets game and all that stuff. Biggest game of the Jets season. This will make or break the Jets season, in my opinion, is this week's game against the Patriots. So until then, like, subscribe, share it with a friend. Appreciate you all for listening. Peace. You were the best nights of my life. You got the light that always shines I miss the way that you move and the way I get high When you take me to your eyes Like I'm standing in the sky I see your subway cars and road graffiti I breathe your air when I land in another city I'll be that one that's got you printed on my bones I know Flying on the high line With the sidewalks burning We pray for rain in July I want the Yankees 99 yeah. And the Knicks on a sold out night When the curtains close And the Broadway streets are alive hey. I need your heartbeat close Don't you ever leave me And I breathe your air When I land in another city And I'll be My time spin, just a kid with that empire, stay the mindset. Kick flipping off a blind deck, dipping from the New York City's finest. Yeah, said I've been up on my New York shit, walking down the block with my New York bitch. I can never leave my city, ain't nothing like it. Even if I do, though, I can never hide it. Top down on the west side when I'm driving, east side be the only side that I'm riding.